What an honor to be on the We Mix Study. Oh yeah. Hapatapachapu, pachapachapapu. Hapachapapu, pachapachapapu. Pachapachapu, pachapachapu. Yeah. You know it. You know it. You know it. Thank you, Tuan, for that awesome intro. Now let's get on to the show. Cover music and life, learn day and night, and I grow over my family so they can thrive. Welcome to the Remix the Dead Podcast. Yay! Hey guys, how you doing today? This is Ryan Greenwood. I'm Remix the Dad. I am here with my buddy and brother from uh, another mother down in the Philippines, Ricky Shetty. Uh, he is an author, a podcaster, an awesome father, an awesome husband. Just every time I see him on Facebook. I just see that glimmer in his eye and that that awesome smile. Um, he brings joy to a bunch of people around the world. Um, Ricky, if you could just give people a little bit uh, more about you. Sure. Firstly, thank you uh, for having me on your show. I'm so excited to uh, be one of your featured guests, and I love talking about fatherhood. So let's remix the dad. Uh, so in terms of me, I am a dad. I um, am a dad of three wonderful kids. Uh, my daughter is six, and I have two sons, one's four and two, so Rianne, Ryan, Renzo, and Ricky says all the our theme, my wonderful wife, Anne, and me, uh, we're traveling around the world. Uh, so we are from Vancouver, BC, Canada originally, uh, but we left uh, in December 2016, and we have not been back in our home country or hometown since 2016, and uh, now uh, we are currently here in Manila, Philippines. My wife is Filipino and she's from the Philippines. Her parents live here, so we're visiting her family here and um, teaching our kids about their ethnic identity. So that's really good for their education and helping them form uh, their identity in terms of their background and roots. Uh, we've been traveling around South America, Central America, Asia, the Middle East, Africa for the last year and a half. Um, and I'm an internet marketer, so I work online, I do private coaching, I do online courses. I have uh, seven different Kindle books all about family travel. And then, uh, just like you, I am quite avid in the whole uh, blogging, social media, podcasting, and YouTube scene. So I've done over 500 interviews with uh, different guests on my show. Um, and I love talking about fathers. That's my big passion. So uh, my blog's called daddyblogger.com. Dude, I love it. I love it. Um... So uh, what are the, one of the first questions I have for you, uh, it's more music-based, is uh, who's your favorite band or artist? And, uh, you know, I'm here in the Philippines, and the connection isn't very strong. This is one of the challenges of traveling is the internet cuts in and out here. So I actually missed that last question, Ryan. <laughs> Don't mind repeating it. Uh, thanks. Oh, no worries. Um so the first for first couple questions there about music, what would be, um, or who would be your favorite band or uh, artist? I'm not getting 
getting your questions, Ryan. I don't know what's going on, but for some reason, I can hear a little bit of you talking, but I'm missing the questions. Let's try it again, if you don't mind repeating the question. Um, no worries. Who would be your favorite uh, band or uh, music artist? Oh, okay, now I heard it. Now I heard it. Uh, so, of course, uh, you know, uh, one of my big uh, inspirations is Bono and the band U2. I've seen them uh, a few different times in my hometown of Vancouver, BC, Canada. I like them not just for their music, but I love them for their activism, and I love the lyrics, and I love the um, the whole themes in their music. Like, they talk about Martin Luther King and, like, heaven, and they talk about poverty and social justice and politics, and uh, these all these deeper... Uh, issues in the music which maybe a lot of people who are just uh musical fans don't understand and if you ever been to a youtube concert it is so much more than a concert a youtube uh concert is actually experience oh you you cut out on me buddy it's the joys of wi-fi <laughs> and a pastor and at the times it feels like he's running for the president of the u.s he feels like a politician and at other times he's just a great musician so and he's obviously a great social justice advocate so yeah i'm a huge 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 youtube fan and i love uh, uh you know several of their songs and albums and i love seeing them live especially cool cool uh, well it goes into the second question uh what would be your favorite album? Because we're a, we're a society of like singles and just little hits nowadays where you download them, but we don't have very good um, albums nowadays. But what would be your favorite album? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, like there's like twenty. I think there's like twenty different YouTube albums. So I like uh, a beautiful day. Um, I'm trying to think of all of them actually. I, uh, back in the day when I was growing up, I had a whole bunch of CDs, but now I don't even like <laughs> get albums. So I'm trying to think of the names of the albums, but uh, <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, you know, like the I, I would say some of my favorite songs, like uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, which is kind of connected to um, the revolt in Ireland, and then the Pride in the Name of Love, which is the whole. Uh, Martin Luther uh, King, uh, with or without you. Uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's like kind of like why we're traveling. It's like okay, I'm looking for something, but I haven't found it exactly. And so, uh, I would say beautiful, beautiful day is one of my favorite songs, just because whenever I hear it, uh, it definitely uplifts me and uh, energizes me. Um, so yeah, there's there's just a lot, a lot, a lot that I like about them. Uh, Joshua Tree, of course, that's a famous one. So there you go. Cool, cool. Yeah, you then you answered my third question. What would be your favorite song? So cool. You're off. We're already on the ball on that one. <laughs> I, I'm beating you to the punch. I didn't know you were going to ask me those questions in turn. So there you go. Favorite song is probably like I, I love still what I, I still haven't found what I'm looking for because I can resonate with the lyrics of the song. Like uh, I think we're on this journey on um, on Earth. And we're looking for something like either connection to God, um, you know, we're looking for meaning and significance. Uh, some people are looking for uh, like a life partner. Uh, so uh, with me, I found God. I'm a Christian. I found my life partner, my wife. I have wonderful kids. I found my sense of 
purpose and significance but there's still something it's just like okay what is still missing so i feel that song resonates with my soul and spirit as like god i found you my wife i found you i found i have these wonderful kids i've traveled the world but what is it that i'm still looking for and i think um i won't ever fully 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 uh grasp that answer decided to heaven and uh, c.s lewis actually one of my favorite authors uh said this like if you feel that nothing in this earth can satisfy you, you're probably meant for another place. And I feel that's heaven for me. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's, yeah. So, so it's really powerful. This whole still haven't found what I'm looking for in terms of lyrics. Dude, that's, that's powerful, man. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how do you, uh, how do you fill your, your cup in the morning? Like, um, so you can be, be best and present for your family and for the, the community, not only around you, but also the online community. How do you, how do you refresh yourself? What do you have morning routine prayer? Yeah. You know, uh, there's this whole morning routine. I'm not, I'm not as much of a morning, uh, routine kind of person as a lot of the entrepreneurs, uh, tell you to be, I'm more of a night owl. Uh, but what it energizes me is obviously a good night's sleep. And, uh, honestly, I like sleeping in when I sleep in, I feel energized and I have a great day. When I'm forced to wake up early by like an early appointment or a business meeting or uh, uh, just like my kids screaming or something, I actually don't feel I'm very energized. So I find when I wake up naturally without the alarm clock, without um, without having some appointment to get to, I feel the sense of energy and uh, of course like uh, uh, thankfulness, gratefulness and uh, a quick prayer to God like it's today thank you for today and let's make it a great one God um, and I, I want to be truthful and honest uh, there are a lot of days where I just wake up and uh, go go to the washroom or check on my social media and uh, I'm hungry so I uh, get something to eat or I'm thirsty I get a drink so I, I definitely think I need to be more proactive intentional about thankfulness and gratefulness and a appreciation and like purpose driven days and god days so yeah but i definitely think a, a good city but a natural wake up is more important to me cool cool yeah it's what uh you're we're 14 hours apart right yeah uh, so i'm ahead of uh e- Standard Time. So um, basically, right now it's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the people in New York are just waking up at 9 a.m. and it's 9 p.m. for me, and I'm just re- getting ready to wind down, which has actually screwed up my schedule a little bit because I do a lot of uh, coaching and podcasting and connection with the North American uh, market, Canadian, US. So it's been a little bit challenging working here in Asia. Uh, I have to usually work according to North American time zones, so I'm working, you know, like uh, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. 11 p.m. my time, which is something I've got used to, but uh, it's definitely uh, taken some adjustment there to work in Asia with North American clients. Well, I, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, shifting some of your schedule so we can we can hang out. Um, yeah, it's 7 a.m. here. I woke up early today, went to the gym, and came back, set up set up everything so we can get this party rolling. Uh, uh, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for setting this up on your end as well, Ryan. Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. So we're gonna do a word association. Um, I'm gonna give you a couple words, and you just tell me like a sentence or two of what comes up whenever I say that word. 
So sounds good. Okay, the first word is dad. D A D. I'm gonna say me. <laughs> the first word is me. <laughs> Do I need to explain or just answer it with the word? Oh, you can you can explain or you can just answer with the word. It's all up to you, buddy. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. So let's move to the next one. Okay. Me. Um. Traveler. I'm just gonna keep saying me. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, I could just say dad, me, uh, traveler, me. But I, I feel like travel uh, is something I want to not just do for me. I want to inspire others to do as well. So that that answer could be a little bit longer. But uh, you know, on the course of this interview, we'll probably talk a little bit about how others can travel as well. But travel has changed my life so dramatically. Uh, for me, in terms of awakening my uh, mind my perspective, uh, my paradigm to this world, uh, different cultures and different people, different food, different languages. And of course, to my kids, I'm educating them uh, and inspiring them to see this world. And uh, I really feel this is going to help our kids become uh, better human beings and better citizens of the world by actually seeing the world. So travel is definitely a huge part of everything I'm doing here today. Dude, I love that. Um, the last one would just be uh, family. Well, what comes to mind when you when I say family? I'm gonna say so. I said me, me, and then us. Yes. <laughs> so yes. family is a, a. I would say it's a foundation. So I have these pillars in my life, um, and it's the F's. So faith is my most important pillar. My faith in God, my faith in myself, my faith in my wife, faith in my kids, and of course faith in humanity. Um, so faith is very central to everything I do. Uh, then uh, secondly to my faith is my family. So I put my wife second uh, to God, and then, um, and then I put my kids after. I really feel I need to first have a good marriage before I can be a good parent, so wife and kids. And then um, in terms of like the other apps, so like finances, fun, focus, future, fitness, uh, these are the other apps, but it really built on this foundation of faith, family, finances, slash freedom. And I, I say finances slash freedom because a lot of time you can have a lot of money but you don't have the freedom or you can have the freedom and you don't have the money. So I, I put them as like uh, money leads to freedom, uh, but money can also lead to captivity if you're working like crazy and you're uh, not spending time with your kids, etc. So I always like look at finances through the lens of freedom. Dude, I love it. I love it. Um, so what, uh, what projects or uh, job, like jobs are you working on now? Too many, my friend, too many. Um, so uh, I'm a typical entrepreneur, and entrepreneurs uh, usually do too many things, and there's a term for us, it's called serial entrepreneurs. Uh, so as I mentioned at the beginning, I do private coaching around the areas of social media and uh, blogging, internet marketing, um, being a digital nomad. So that's my coaching side of my business. I also uh, record online courses quite prolifically, I have like 12 online courses on a website called Udemy, udmy.com. I highly recommend checking it out, uh, especially if you guys uh, who are listening watching, listening to this interview are interested in making money online. Udemy is a great way. You basically just record a course, put it on Udemy, and you've got uh, people going to Udemy specifically with the purpose to buy courses. So it's a perfect market for uh, selling your courses. Um, and then uh, I'm an author as well, so I have seven uh, books. Um, I, I'm currently 
releasing a book a month and it's a kids book series about family travel and it's the seven continents so basically seven continents in seven months uh and i've done uh north america south america europe asia and in the next few months the other three are going to be coming out which are africa australia and Antarctica. i also have a book about fatherhood and a couple of other books i've published in the last five years so prolific author and uh, of course a prolific uh, podcaster i've uh, reached 500 plus interviews on my podcast and a prolific YouTuber. I have 5 million plus YouTube views and a, a prolific blogger as well. I have like a thousand plus blog posts. So I'm quite active in the blogging, social media, podcasting, and YouTube space. And uh, I'm always creating products. That's something I've been good at doing, uh, creating different products online. So I would say I have at least like 20 to 25 different products for sale around the internet. So a lot of them are like uh, coaching programs, books, uh, courses, and things like sponsored posts and uh, virtual summits, etc. So yeah, lots of stuff on the go. Uh, and I, I, I find um, I, I keep wanting to do more stuff. It's just like people like Ricky, you're doing all this stuff and you want to do more. I'm like, yeah, like I'm doing a workshop in Manila in two weeks and it's going to be a live in-person workshop. I'm going to be giving a TEDx talk here in Manila, so I'm building up my speaking career as well, and I do running workshops as I as I'm on the go. Um, so, one of the things I just want to say around this whole point is a lot of people say in entrepreneurship, you got to wake up early, you got to focus, um, you got to like fit into the mold of entrepreneurship. And what I found is like I don't need to fit in the mold. I just need to be me. And for me, the mold isn't being a morning person. I'm an idol. The mold isn't being hyper-focused. I'm a multi-potentialite, which means I do multiple things and I do them well. Uh, so one of the things I teach fellow kind of aspiring entrepreneurs is don't believe what the business advice necessarily. Do what's true to you and uh, really live your authentic uh, self as an entrepreneur. So I was writing a note real quick. You just you said something that uh, that hit me. It was the do what's true to you. And yes, I you live your authentic self. And like if you are, uh, there's a term called multi potentialite, which is someone who's doing a lot of stuff, and they uh, not necessarily focus on one thing. A lot of business people will give you the advice like, okay, just do one thing, just focus, follow one course until successful. And I felt over the last like five, six years of entrepreneurship, like I felt I needed to just give up everything else to do one thing. Um, but the more I've kind of looked into who I am, what I do, what are my skills, passions, and um, how I operate as an individual, I would actually be less effective if I just focus on one thing. Because my mind is focused on creation and um, I'm like um, doing multiple things. And I happen to be built that way by God and just a, like life and experiences. So instead of changing myself to fit business advice, I choose to create a new paradigm, which is the Ricky paradigm of business, right? And the other people, like people be like, Ricky, like, you know, a lot of people don't think like you do, but I can really relate to what you're saying. Um, so, and it, it's like, Ryan, you're, you're, your paradigm will be different. I'm, and finding the Joe paradigm and finding the fair business person uh, under, or entrepreneur. There's no cookie cutter. 
Yeah, and I think that's why we get a we get along so well too, is because like I I do get up a different time and I I have my little projects, but I I'm, I'm still going and I I'm still creating anything and everything that I can, putting it out there for people, not only for my benefit but also for theirs. And I and I think it was you that um, you were telling me to not not only do it for money but also to serve serve people with with your projects and and the and these jobs that you're doing yeah service first service is selling so like a lot of people are scared of selling but i look at it as an act of service right so if i don't sell then i'm not actually serving uh, so I think a lot of people, again, this is kind of business advice, like a lot of people will be like, okay, I hate to sell. Well, don't look at it selling. Look at it as like you get to serve people and impact people and inspire people. And if you don't actually tell people and promote yourself and sell yourself, then you're actually doing injustice to customers, clients, and to the world because people need your stuff. So when I shifted, again, I'm not a salesperson, right? So. Uh, and a lot of people like you need to sell and you need to do a hard sell. You need to promote scarcity and uh, um, urgency. Well, I was like, that's not me. I'm more like connect with someone. And if they feel what I have to offer resonates with them, they're going to buy. And people love to buy, but they hate to be sold too, right? So I think you need to shift your paradigm. So, yes. People love to buy, but they don't like to be sold too. So instead of selling someone to someone, we don't like car salesmen. We don't like being sold when we go to a store, right? But we like to buy. That's why we go to a car a lot. That's why we go shopping. So uh, I think uh, if you can switch from like a sale, um, so I think that whole approach Help me as well to switch from a, a selling mentality uh, to a service mentality. Okay, yeah, you, you you cut out there for a second, but I think I think we got your uh, what you were saying <laughs> about uh, the service and versus selling, and you serve and you you love on people. Say that again. Oh, I was just uh, making a little joke. I was like saying, um, blame the internet because the internet keeps cutting out. Hashtag blame the Wi-Fi. Yeah, blame the Wi-Fi. We're gonna we're gonna get shirts. We're gonna get shirts that say blame the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. So, um, well, you you answered a couple of my other questions. Um, if somebody was to write a biography about Ricky Shetty, what would the title of the book be? The title of the book for Ricky Shetty, you, I love all these questions. It's very interesting. No one's actually ever asked me that. I hope uh, the book title would be Ricky Shetty, Passionate Husband, Father, and Servant of God. And I can't write that book because it has to come from my wife, it has to come from my kids, and it has to come from God, right? So uh, I hope people around me and like my community will see that, okay, Ricky's a passionate uh, man of God, Ricky's a passionate husband, Ricky's a passionate father. And if I've done that, I think I will have lived my life well. I love it. I love it. And then also, so I saw one of your posts about food um, with the big old fruit that stinks. Can you describe that for me? <laughs> sure. Uh, so 
when we're traveling, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of different way, uh, reasons we travel, like uh, to meet people, to connect with people, to learn about culture, language, uh, to impact the world, uh, to transform it. Uh, but one of the, the greatest things about travel is you get to try different foods and uh, fruits from around the world. So in this area where I'm in now, it's called Southeast Asia, there's a fruit called durian. And uh, durian's uh, its nickname is the king of fruit. And it's the size of a watermelon. And um, it actually stinks like crazy. <laughs> a lot of people say it like smells like uh, stinky socks. Uh, or like mold, mold or rotten, rotten, something rotting. Um, so basically, um, when you uh, when you're going through a market in a lot of Southeast Asia, especially like the Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Philippines region, uh, if you go to any market, uh, grocery store, you'll know when you walk past the durian. And in, it's funny in Singapore, they actually have signs and they have a law that no durians allowed in the metro subway. Just because if someone brings a durian onto the metro subway, the whole metro subway is gonna be um, stinking uh, <laughs> right away, right? So so um, this fruit is kind of like, um, um, the taste is similar to the creaminess of an avocado, but because of the pungent smell, it's so hard to actually like put it in your mouth and swallow it. So, you can have the link below to the video where I made, where it's basically my kids uh, trying out durian for the first time. And they refused to be in the video unless they wore a uh, mask, one of those surgical masks. And a lot of people use a surgical mask here to avoid the pollution, uh, to avoid the breathing in like contaminants, or if they're sick, they don't want to spread germs or catch germs. So we had some in our house, and then uh, I put it on the kids, and they tried it, uh, and they were not sans. But the good thing is, durian comes in multiple varieties, like ice cream and cake and pastries and dessert. So I'm going to be soon attempting to give them a durian McFlurry. And yes, some of the McDonald's have durian McFlurries. So oh, wow. uh, feel free to yeah, feel free to link to the video. It's a it's a nice little funny video of my kids eating uh, durian for the first time. Okay, okay, yeah, we'll definitely have that in there. You are a believer in uh, in Christ and you believe in God, and we were just talking about food. Say you had your last meal with all your friends, what would be on that the, that menu? So you're talking about the Ricky's Last Supper, right? With the bread and the wine. I just hope there's no Judas around, right? Like, whoever's Judas, you're not invited. <laughs> so in terms of the last meal, <laughs> I, I think uh, I would like the fusion because I really feel like uh, food brings us together. And if I just limit it to one type of cuisine, like pasta or pizza, uh, I, do, I, would have, I would be doing my friends an injustice. So I feel I want to bring in the Latin food, food like uh, Mexican uh, like uh, tacos and enchiladas mm. and burritos and nachos. And I want to bring in uh, pupusas and uh, I want to bring in arepas from Venezuela. I want to bring in... Uh, Angela, uh, I want to bring in empanadas, empanadas, and uh, the chorizos uh, from Brazil. So, and of course, from Canada, I cannot not represent Canada with the poutines. So, you gotta get some poutines and some Philadelphia uh, steaks. And then from Europe, you know, you gotta get all the French baguettes and like the German uh, sausages and the Russian vodka, <laughs> the the it, British fish and chips. Uh, you gotta get the the uh, all the Asian food represented, like the sushi from sushi and sashimi. And the teriyaki chickens from Japan, the Korean, 
bibimbaps and uh, bulgogis. And from India, of course, uh, you got to get all the curries, uh, the naans, the breads. Uh, from Africa, you got to get like the uh, Ethiopian like uh, fusion uh, meals, where it's like you're you have all the food and you just like dig in without any utensils and you just uh, dining communally. Uh, from Australia and New Zealand, you got to get the Aussie meat pies and even maybe trying out some kangaroo meat. Uh, so kangaroo meat, maybe a, Whoa. yeah, it's famous in Australia. A lot, a lot of um, Aussies uh, will eat uh, meat pies. That's famous and uh, kangaroo meat as well. So I hope I've covered the the globe there. I hope I'm not missing. I mean, Middle Eastern, you know, like you got to get some shawarmas, the kebabs there from the Middle East. Uh, don't forget that. From South Africa, you got to get some braai. So yeah, just uh, there's so much amazing food in this world. Oh, uh, nice. So I, I would definitely have the fusion, and I would blow people away by like, man, I never knew that Ethiopian food is that good, or I had no idea that uh, South Africa had these delicious barbecue brides, and I never knew that uh, kangaroo steaks is so good. <laughs> My Aussie friends are gonna laugh at me, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So those are, are all those foods I think uh, would be would be the perfect meal for me. And for for all the community, except for Judas, you know, invited Judas. Yeah, he's he, his uh, his invitation got lost in the mail. So, um, that's, that's right. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, questions for me? I like I like opening up for my uh, guests to ask me a question. Yeah. So when you came up with this name, a remix the dad, it's quite unique. Uh, so. Tell us about the origin of the name. How did you come up with it? And how did you actually decide to go with it as opposed to all the millions and millions of other potential names? Why remix the dad? Okay, back in uh, high school, I was doing a lot of music and I was producing and rapping and stuff. And my buddy, who I was hanging out with, and we were, we were sitting there in between uh, production, and I had a Sprite remix in my hand. And I was sipping on it, and my friend looked at me after he took a big old puff off his uh, marijuana cigarette, and looked at me. He's like, "Man, we call you Remix." So that that was my nickname, and it stuck. And there for the longest time, I was known, "Hey, it's Remix, it's Remix, it's Remix." And then I lost my identity. I went from Remix, the party guy, to to okay, now I'm now I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm I have I have to fit into the mold of being the stereotypical dad, husband, go to work, do this, 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 like a robot. And finally one day something snapped and it was like, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to be remix the dad. I'm going to gain my creative identity back. And I'm not, I don't do as much music anymore, but I'm going to... Re- uh, I'm going to have fun and I'm going to create. Plus, I'm also going to get other dads and other people uh, in my life and I'm going to help them kind of shift their their uh, vision or image of how dads really are or how, how it could be instead of being, okay, I work 9 to 5, I come home, sit, grab a beer, turn on the TV, watch watch the game on Sunday, blah, blah, that, the, the total st- stereotype here in America at least of being a dad um no let's have fun with our with our kids uh we we just lost um relate on those friends we're both uh remixing fatherhood and um you know telling people they don't need to fit into any mold so 
Yeah, that's why we get along. Definitely, that's that's. I agree. That's why we get along, man. Uh oh, we're having technical difficulties here, but that's okay. Already, we are back. We're back to remix the dad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much you heard of that story, but yeah, like you said, we're we're here to remix the image and remix the 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 dad role. So uh, we can we can have fun with our kids and help them create and shoot even become entrepreneurs or do what they really want to do instead of sit in that that uh, industrial mindset that I see a lot over here in America. So that's 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 my uh, my little story there. <laughs> yes, that is right. That is right. Uh, you know, the changing face of uh, fatherhood uh, from being just a provider protector to now being much more active and involved. Uh, so I love the fact that you've created a whole podcast around it and inspiring dads and equipping them, educating them. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to commend you on the great work you're doing. And, uh, yeah, like keep remixing fatherhood. I appreciate that, man. Um I'm going to ask you for the links for the show notes. Um, but is there any, uh, any way people can get a hold of you online, find you YouTube, email, Facebook, Instagram, any of that that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, my central hub is daddyblogger.com. And from daddyblogger.com, people can check out all the different uh, resources online from my coaching programs to my online courses to my Kindle books. Uh, of course, all my social media is there. Uh, there's a link to my podcast and YouTube channel. And I'm all about connections. So if you are a dad and you've lo if you're looking to travel and uh, if you're stuck, in any area of fatherhood or marriage or business, I am so happy and able to help out. Uh, so reach out, you know, uh, send me a message through the website, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook or uh, through email as well. And all that info is right on daddyblogger.com. So I make it easy for people. Check out the website and you'll be able to connect with me in any way you choose to do so. Awesome, awesome. Um, I normally ask a couple additional questions towards, towards the end before we close out. Um, and since you're you're a spiritual man, um, who would win a rap battle between Moses and Noah? You know, I, I really feel that Moses, uh, when he first was called by God, um, he was quite reluctant. Uh, for those of you who were well versed in the Bible, he's quite reluctant about uh, not being able to lead and being uh, not having. Um, the skill to uh, connect with people or communicate with people. And then God basically empowered him to lead a whole uh, group from uh, Egypt into Israel, right? Uh, that would lead to uh, him being an amazing rapper. Whereas Noah, he would be a great rapper for all those animals on the boat. Uh, <laughs> but basically, you know, he had his wife and he had his kids and uh, he had his daughter-in-laws. Uh, but that's a very limited audience to rap to. But Moses, man, he had uh, thousands of people going with him across the Red Sea. So uh, he would win in a heartbeat, the rapping battle. Okay. What about uh, Daniel 
versus Saul or Paul? Well, you know, my man Saul slash Paul uh, on the way to Damascus. Uh, basically, if he can write all these epistles, you know, like uh, most of the New Testament is actually written by Paul with the exception of the Gospels, you know, uh, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John, and then, of course, the Revelation and, um, you know, Peter, Peter, uh, Judas, uh, Peter, Jude, uh, John, etc. Most of the actual New Testament is written by Paul. And he's so eloquent in terms of words we still debate his words today in 2018 we're like what does this mean paul uh, you know like even love like the first corinthians 13 like that's one of the most profound poetry about love in the history of the human race right so i really feel uh paul would win hand down then you know daniel he had the uh, connection with the animals as well so you'd be great at rapping to the lions in the den over there but you know <laughs> uh, uh i definitely have to give a uh, i gotta uh, put my hat in there for moses in the old testament and paul in the new so we got the old testament uh the rap hero moses and in the new paul very nice, very nice. I, I like how you uh, sum that all up. Um, so I'm going to have to have you rap real quick. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, uh, dude, thank you so much for your time. Um, I appreciate you uh, adjusting your schedule so you can be on. And it's been an honor and a pleasure, man. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Yeah, wrapping up with the W. Yeah, <laughs> <Seven> yeah. <R. laughs> yeah, so you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, like, uh, it's been uh, amazing to connect. And I really feel that, man, like, this is something that's on my mind, and I just want to share it as well. Uh, here I'm in the Philippines, and I sense, I have this sense of, like, kind of like loneliness and lack of connection here just because I'm a foreigner here. Most of the people around are Filipino. And as a man, like, uh, usually you don't say that publicly on a podcast, but I think. I've been doing this more on like my social media, on podcasts and YouTube, and people are really like, man, it took guts for you to say you're lonely. And it takes guts for you to say like you're afraid or your fears or your self-doubts and uh, you have anxiety or confusion or you've gone through depression. But I, uh, when I say that, it allows other people to also relate and connect and also allows gives them permission to be uh, vulnerable too. So I really feel that that's one of my big missions in terms of father. Uh, allowing myself to be uh you know vulnerable and just share openly from my heart and i really feel that this is how we can also remix the dad by making the dad more vulnerable uh -oh, i lost you can you repeat that last part thank you uh, thank you thank you thank you my friend and as they say here in the what do they say in the film thank you right Hey. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you the, cut out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you got the thank yous from around the world. We've already talked about the food from around the world, right? So let's end with the thank yous from around the world. You got in Japan, you got Domo Arigato Gozaimashita. In Korea, you got Kamsamhamida. In Chinese, you got Nihao. In uh, German, you got Dankeschön. In uh, French, you got Merci beaucoup. Uh, so I just wanted to say in the Filipino language, which a lot of people don't know, is Tagalog. The word for thank you is. Salamat. So I was just saying to all the people listening and watching, uh, Salamat, and to you, Ryan, Salamat for having me on your show here today. Hey, Amen, man. Thank you so much, brother. Um, you have a great time, and thank you for listening to Remix the Dad. I'm out of here. Thank you. Bye.